Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. Start again on Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 8. If you do not know, O fairest among women, follow in the footsteps of the flock and feed your little goats beside the shepherd's tent. I have compared you, my love, to my filly among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments and your neck with the chains of gold. Yeah, I know your first thought, ladies, is probably mine. What do you mean you're comparing me to a filly? Excuse me? I'm a horse? (laughs) What are we talking about here? Hang on. Hang on. Not just any horse. Okay. The beloved is saying, you are prized. You are beautiful. Yes, there are many, but I see only you. With Israel, God says, I created lots of nations, but you, Israel, you're mine. Our salvation comes from the Jews. You know, Jesus is a Jew. So this is one of the reasons we talk about Israel all the time. So people forget that Jesus is a Jew. But for us, he says, he welcomes us. He sees us even though he has lots of children. He sees us individually as special. You know, let's, um, let, let's, okay. I know people don't like to hear this. So we're going to say it. So buckle up. If you unfasten your seatbelt, put it back on. It's like being on an airplane with turbulence. I'm about to cause turbulence. All right, let's go for it. We are not all of God's children. People will say that. Oh, we're all God's children. No, we're not. Not according to Jesus. Not according to the scriptures. We have the right to become the children of God. And this only happens through a relationship with Jesus. We are all God's creation and made in his image. We are not animals. We are created in God's image. And um, so, because in, in Genesis, it says we're made in his image, but that doesn't make us all his children. We are adopted into the kingdom upon belief. John one twelve says, but as many has received him to him, them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So if you reread that the other way, if you have not believed in his name, you're not a child. And Romans 8.15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So, um, so what he's saying here is, I've lost my place. When you, he, okay, so if we we go back to the beginning, we can follow those who he sent before him to see who Jesus is. We can follow, we can feed where they're feeding. And, And when he says, I compared you, he's saying, yeah, there's a lot out there, but I only see you. So ladies, when you think that, well, there's all these other people, look what she does, look what this lady does, look at what she does, God's saying, but I see you. I'm not worried about those other ladies. I have a different, I have a relationship with them, but I have a relationship with you as if there were no other. And that's why he's saying to my filly among the Pharaoh's chariots, I was actually a very much of a compliment back then because not just anybody got to be in Pharaoh's chariot. And, you know, I, I've heard this over and over again. There's so many people in the world. The Lord doesn't really have time for me. Yeah. And that's not true. No, he, you, I thought at that, that before. moment, 
You are the only thing that yeah. exists to him. Yes. He can say, and he can and, do that because he's God. And he can do that with millions of other people yes. at the same yeah. time. He can have an individual. He's a very good multitasker. Yeah. Well, he can have an individual relationship with each of us. You know, he can do that. At any second of the day. Yes. And we are beautiful when we worship the Lord. Okay. Yes. True beauty is fearing the Lord. There's beauty is this um relative term that yes. we have miscued. And like, um, look at any model magazine. Okay, first of all, that's not what they actually look like. They have been touched up. They have been airbrushed. They have been modified through a program. We cannot right. base what real beauty is on things like that. Beauty comes from what the Lord has done inside of you. What kind of person are you inside and out? Not your appearance, like what color is your hair right. or how skinny you are, but um, it kind of goes back to that fragrance, um, that aroma. It starts from the inside, right? Of what true beauty is, and that's and that's right because that's what what, what it's appealing. Uh, it's attractive. Psalm one forty seven one says, "Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful." And then Proverbs thirty one thirty says, "Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised." So what the Lord says is, "It's our attitude. If anything, it's our attitude." It's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm gonna go see what he wants. It's a daycare. Right okay, it's a daycare. So um, a doggy daycare. It is <laughs> with a cat. <laughs> he was a bully. Anyway, uh, we love our critters. There are our emptiness critters. So anyway, that's what the Lord is saying here. I see you. I see you unveiled. I can create this relationship with you. You are special and you are beautiful to me. And so in chapter, uh, verse, chapter <laughs> verse 11, um, I want to continue where we were because it talked about your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your neck with the chains of gold. The daughters of Jerusalem said, we will make you ornaments of gold with studs of silver. That is, there's, there's that saying that says, do what I say, not what I do. It doesn't work, okay? We have to walk the talk and talk the walk. They should never differ. There are too many people uh, who believe Christians are hypocrites because they don't match. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying we have to match like perfect, like Joey and I are not matching. Okay, gals, we, we don't match in the sense that she, I am about function and, and, oh, and she's about glitter. Absolutely. You know? um, and what's more important here? The glitter. No, I mean, I'm the person that when I'm trying to get dressed, I have to go into and Google the color wheel because I can't match. Okay. All right. I just, or I don't match. Text, which one goes with this? Yes. And so, you know, thankfully the Lord has put women in my life to help me on that, you know, cause I'm all about the function. And in fact, um, when I was um, moving out and, and Ray and I got married and I was moving in, I had, um, instead of bookshelves, I had garage shelves. They were, to me, they shelves? were very, they were shelves. They were very functional. I could put books on them. Like I could put the, the metal ones yes, you put in the garage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and Ray looked at me. He goes, no, we're, we're not, you're not taking those. I'm like what? But they're functional. He goes, no. <laughs> he, his, his mom taught him how to match. <laughs> so I'm just saying is she and I, we don't necessarily match in that way. But what we do match is we, we match where we talk about the Lord. You know, we match where we know who Jesus is. We don't, our, our walk with the Lord is going to be very similar, but di yet different. So that's what the daughters of Jerusalem said. You know, we we're talking about the beauty and they used, um, jewelry as a, as an example 
uh, because that's their standard. And then when the daughters of Jerusalem said, hey, we're going to do this, what they're saying is we're going to watch you. We want to follow and do what you're doing. We like what we see and we want to be like that. Oh, can I interject here? Yeah, please, please. When you are going through a trauma or a trial, you need to know, uh, gals, that you are being very watched by the non-believers to see how do you handle yeah. this? And I've had people at work tell me that, you know, they when I get stressed out at work, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, everybody sees this. They're going to think, you know, you know, where's your Jesus in this? But yet I've had people come in like, oh, well, you're so calm. Wait, who are we talking about? <laughs> we are not wait, talking wait, about who? me, right? Who? <laughs> because they are watching. They want to see how we handle things. And you know what? Sometimes even an apology shows them something that they would see no other way. Because a lot of people right. are not taught how to apologize. People don't think they need to apologize. I had to learn how you know? to do that. Yeah. And I've had to, too, because my first thought was, if I apologize, that means I was wrong. And that means I made a mistake. Showing and weakness. I hate making a mistake. Yeah. But and and um, we're going to continue with this thought of do as I say. And, you know, we we can't say do what I say, not what I do. We have to walk our talk. We have to match in our walk with the Lord, what we say and what we do. And I know this isn't popular. So hang with me, because if you really, truly love the Lord and want to walk in his ways, we have to look at first Peter verse starting at verse three. Do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair, wearing gold or putting on the fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. All right. Um, So what we're saying is the beauty that they're describing in Song of Solomon is not this jewelry, fancy hair and clothes. It is about who you are on the inside. What does your heart show? What person are you inside your heart? That's what matters. Um, and some of the things that God finds beautiful is respecting your husband, even if he's a jerk. God loves a respectful woman. That is what he sees as beautiful. Because if you really, truly love the Lord and want to walk in his ways, we have to look at First Peter, verse, starting at verse 3. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on the fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. All right. Um, so what we're saying is the beauty that they're describing in Song of Solomon is not this jewelry, fancy hair and clothes. It is about who you are on the inside. What does your heart show? What person are you inside your heart? That's what matters. Um, and some of the things that God finds beautiful is respecting your husband, even if he's a jerk. God loves a respectful woman. That is what he sees as beautiful. Um, because it says on also in um, uh, for, uh, 1 Peter 30, we're going to go back up a little to verses 1 and 2. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, even w- that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. 
when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. That's that watching. You know, ladies, I know it's hard. I'm asking you to make a big sacrifice, but this is what your Lord, your God is asking you to do. If your husband is a jerk, he's still asking you to be respectful. He's asking you to love him, even though he's a jerk, because, you know, let's just be frank, right, Joanna? God loved us when we were a jerk. And and we were. Yeah, we were. (laughs) And God died for us anyway. Yeah. You know, and that's all, that's what he's asking us here. Yeah. At some point in your life, you've definitely been a jerk. Yes. Often more every, than once. Yeah. Every, all of us have been. Sure. We've been there. So the, the, this is the Lord's expectation for us. And we being believers in Jesus, Jesus should want to set that example. And, and we know it's hard. And, you know, that's where self-control and long suffering comes in. If um, We will do fruits of the spirit. But for right now, if you need to go to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, look at the fruits of the spirit. That is what God wants us to be. That's what we're supposed to strive for. That's our goals. Oh, and I want to throw an example. We've talked about this before, yeah. but you and I have a mutual friend where um, this was way back in their um, relationship. They were both just an absolute mess, but she found Jesus. Yes. And then, um, but her husband did not at that time. And so she began walking the walk. Yes. Talking the talk. And he's Being like, nice. Yeah during some really um, conflicting situations where she had every right to just probably beat the crap out of him, um, so to speak. But um, instead, she showed him Jesus, and she had a gentle, quiet spirit, and the Lord used that very thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I want what you got. Yes, and and the Lord started showing him his sins, and he was like, I... I I don't want this anymore. Crumbled and said, I don't want this anymore. And he is now a mighty man. Yes. He's mighty voice for the Lord. Yes. And so that's why that, that quiet gentle spirit doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you have no strength. It just means you're relying on the Lord. Sometimes he just wants us to pray. You know, yeah. I have my, sometimes with my gift, it's like, Lord, what do you want me to do with it? I see this. What do you want me to do now? And sometimes it's just, he's going, I just want you to pray about the situation. I didn't ask you to go make an egg or an omelet. I'm asking you to just pray about this situation. How powerful is that tool? Yeah, That God-given tool. Exactly. Because we know how to pray and which direction to pray it in. And we see people change all the time. Well, and here's the enemy. One of his tools is conflict, argument. Right. But the Lord has the opposite. Exactly. Gentleness, quietness. Don't argue. Lovingness. Hey, I, I know, ladies, this is hard, but you can choose not to argue. You, you don't choose. have to argue. You don't have to. You know, that's one of the things Rain have learned. Make sure we don't argue. We've we've really learned a lot about how the enemy takes things and and um, uh, changes things. Perception. Uh, perception. He. We've also seen how uh, most of the time, anytime we get into a disagreement, it's because we misunderstood what the other person was saying. Because we create our own thing. Oh, you must be saying this. And it's not ex- at all what they're saying. And we've really learned about warfare and saying, oh, stop, step back. Because neither one of us like arguing. We, we both had bad relationships where there was nothing but argument. So neither one of us like it. And you don't like conflict. No, or we don't want like to that. do that. Which and, we're not supposed to like it. <laughs> no, no. In fact, one day I almost jumped out of the car. Um, and I finally, we got through and I finally told myself, look, I don't want to. I said, I would sooner flee and jump out of a car than argue with you because I don't like it. You know, and what we did was it was just warfare and we had a misunderstanding. And once we corrected it, it was fine. You know. Our, our whole arguments, when we've had the few arguments we had, they've lasted a whole 15 minutes mm-hmm. because neither one of us, we both choose not to argue. 
There's another way. Yeah, there's always another way. <laughs> there's another Jesus way. Yeah, exactly. And then sometimes we don't maybe come up with a solution right then and there, but it's okay because we're not arguing. We can think of, we can pray about it and then come up with a solution. And walking off and taking a breather and okay. coming back together, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's okay to walk off, breathe. You need to walk around the block, go for it. Yeah. Put- it's you know, probably best. Yeah. Well, if you're in a bad neighborhood, we don't suggest that. But sometimes yeah. try to find somewhere else. Even if, you know, you're like, well, we're in a tiny one bedroom apartment. Fine. Go, one person goes to the bathroom. The other person goes to yeah. the living room. Take a 15 minute chill. Sure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to solve it right then and there. And you can, you know what? Sometimes you can both disagree anyway and just pray about it. Yeah. Come back together later. Yeah. Hey, because if the Holy Spirit's not in it, you're going to disagree. I, I know true. couples who have theological differences. I'm like, how? I mean, there's a difference in whether we're going to have tomato soup and chicken soup tonight. Okay, that's different. But I've known couples who have theological differences, and I just sit there and I'm like, that means the Holy Spirit's not in it. You do need to talk to the Lord, pray about it, and, and come to an agreement. I'm not saying fight about it. I'm not even saying that you have to have it solved within the next five minutes. But you, that is something you need to both pray about. Yeah, You have to be on the same yeah. page when it concerns Jesus. You have to. Well, when it's completely opposite, somebody's wrong. <laughs> Somebody is wrong when it's complete. Yeah, it's complete opposite. Somebody's wrong. So you need to talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him which one is the truth. Keep praying and praying. Be willing to be one of the ones who say, you know, Lord, show me, show me. So anyway, all that to say is, people are watching you. When He shows you, don't reject it. Yeah, either don't gloat or don't reject. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't gloat either. Yeah. Exactly. That's always a fun part about teaching kids games. Teaching them how to be a good winner and a good loser (laughs) some of them do a great job others you're like okay come on oh yeah we gotta work on that yeah um but all that to say is we are being watched and think about what people are seeing what do you want people to see here here's the biggest one what do you want your children to see what do you want them to see you if you don't like your child's attitude check your own if you don't like what you're they learned it from somewhere exactly if they don't like and you're just like well they learned it off tv turn it off then oh they learned it from their the music they listen to turn it off you know, you have that right. You're the parent. You're paying the bills. You know? I agree. But love your children and give them another, show them the way. Because if you're not going to change, they're not going to change either. I've seen parents do that. They, they, they don't change. And I'm like, your, your child's not going to change if you don't. You're going to have to set the price. In fact, you're going to have to change first. And then as they watch you, then you can expect to change. But if you're not willing to change, you can't expect them to change. Uh, if you're not even willing to be the example. Right. Then don't put that pressure on your kids right. to do the same that right. you're not willing to do. Exactly. All right. So now we're in uh, Songs of Solomon, chapter one, verse 12. While the king is at his table, my spike nerd, spike nerd, spike nerd, sends forth its fragrance. A bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me that lies all night between my breast. Okay. I actually, Joanna, I was getting dressed this morning <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I know there's more to this. So Did you put some spike nerd in between your. No, no, I did not actually. Um, did I? I don't even know if I put any oils on. Anyway, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go and do a little bit more than this because I want to start with we're gonna start with this is a royal table, okay? This is the king's table. It's not just an ordinary table she's sitting at. This is fellowship. Desire, Jesus desires a fellowship with us. Um, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, um, they were actually finishing up at the mill at the king's table in John fifteen fifteen. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. 
Okay. And what is it that Mary did when she was at the feet of Jesus? This is all pulling them together. What she do? She paid attention. She sat there. She listened. She learned. She, and she anointed him. In oh, John that's twelve true. three. Yeah. His feet. I know. There was so much Mary. I mean, you were not wrong. <laughs> you were not wrong at all. Okay. Well, I'm thinking about when, when there was Mary yeah. and Martha. Okay. But, this is but Mary. There, but there's another time where she anointed his feet. Yes. And that's in John twelve three. Okay. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. Should have. I looked that word up, how to pronounce it, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair at the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. This is a poetic way of saying, where are your thoughts? And I'm not talking about random thoughts, but where are your thoughts fall? You know, when nothing's going on, what are you thinking about? Okay. Cause she is thinking about her beloved. M- Mary was thinking about, what Jesus has done for her. I, I mean, we don't get the full story of Mary. We know she's not married in the story of Mary and Martha because she's living with Martha. Well, we know Martha's not married because it doesn't mention a husband. So we don't know what her life was like or what was going on, but she had a deep love for Jesus and there was that fragrance. And that's this poetic way of saying where your thoughts are. We know where Mary's thoughts were. They were right there with her or with Jesus. Her thoughts were on Jesus. Okay, um, a little bit more about it. The, oh, oh, yeah. What, what you think about daily yes. is what you love the now, most. Some people do have an empty, so like men have a nothing box. They can actually literally think of nothing. I am very, very jealous of this box. I want one. I'll have faith. Some women have it too. I, I have do, a nothing box. I didn't know that. I knew Amanda didn't have one, but I didn't know you had yeah. a nothing box. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't like you right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want a nothing box. Don't hate me. <laughs> I really, I crave yeah, a nothing I box. I can't box. not not think. Yeah. My head is always somewhere. But where do my thoughts lie? And that's the important f- yeah. part is where do my, in the end, where are my thoughts? And her thoughts were on her beloved. And I, I wanted to t- talk about this science experiment because I think it also goes through this. Um, my, my favorite science teacher, y'all have heard me talk about Mrs. Haynes. She, she, she was so neat. And she did an experiment. She sent several students out in the hallway. And she wanted to show us what it was like to be nervous or uncomfortable. She said, boys will cover their man parts. Women will cover their breast. And we're like, what? Come on. Sure enough, she brought the guys in and she would make them get closer and closer and closer together. She'd make them walk towards each other. And as they walked towards each other, their hands would go down. Or if she offered them a chair, they'd swivel the chair around to sit in the chair so that the back of the chair would cover their parts. The women, as she got them to walk closer and closer together, they would cross their arms. You see women crossing their arms? They're nervous. And, you know, they would keep their arms to the side until they got so close together, they would like hold themselves. So what we see here is this Shulamite is close and she ain't covering her breast. She's very comfortable with him because there's this relationship they are developing. So where her thoughts are are all night long. Um, We also see is um, breast and bosom often are um, used interchangeably. Uh, And we see this because Ruth, it says, uh, she took the baby to her bosom and she fed the baby. Um, So it has to be her breast, Mm -hmm. you know. But at the same time, Job 31, 33 says, if I have covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding my iniquity in my bosom. So when I looked it up, bosom can also mean heart. So, um, you know, 
it lies all night between my breasts could say be um it's a my vulnerable heart. place it's a vulnerable place but also because the, the thoughts are lying in my heart what is in my heart because what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth what's in your heart is going to come out of your actions or on your face or on your face uh, yeah i say more words with my face yeah I, I, you know maybe that's why i don't have a nothing box i always have a story in my head i'm always creating some type of story whether it's for children's church or just because i like writing stories that will never get written down just because you know, I have this imagination and sometimes I'll be thinking about story and somebody be like, are you okay? Are you mad at me? Oh no, I'm just, that was the story in my head. Sorry. sorry I went to my happy place. Uh, sorry. I went to a story. <laughs> I was right in my head and my, my face talks. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. My bad. You know, I have to actually, uh, I tell Ray all the time. I'm like, I have got to watch my facial expressions because I have upset people because of my facial expressions and I don't even know what's going on. I'm just like, I've got something else in my head. You know, I'm always writing a story in my head. So I found that interesting because the words are not the same. I did look to say, hey, all the, all the words, no, no, breast is, is for the female where bosom seems to be more used for men. But in, but in that one place where it talks about the baby's bosom where she had them at her chest, but it was right there with her breast she was going to feed them. So, but it is very close, intimate. She was uncovered and that's where her, and that was showing this is where my thoughts are. My thoughts had, are on Jesus. And she had some trust. Yes. It of- is always on my mind. You know, is he always okay? So let me ask y'all this: Where, where, what is in your heart? Where are your thoughts about Jesus? Is he always on your mind, or only when you're in trouble? Thank you for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encourage you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over.